She's not amazing, spectacular, or sensational, but she is the first ever web-slinging superhero. We'll tell you all about it as we look at Spider-Queen, a hero of the public domain, straight ahead. Spider-Queen was one of several strips in the short-lived The Eagle Comics. Her strip appeared in issues 2 through 4, and so we'll take a look at all three stories. I should note that because she is public domain, she has been used in other works by other creators. The character was used actually as a supervillain by Roy Thomas in The Invaders. The whole reason for that and that character's story is a character we're not going to get into. But we're just going to focus on the heroic aspect of her Golden Age appearances. In the first story, it begins with her already a spider queen stopping a bank robbery and then flashes back to her origin story. And we find her working as an assistant to her husband who is described as a brilliant young scientist. However, the artist draws the husband as having white hair and a white mustache. He is killed by criminals, and then Shannon, while cleaning out his uh, things, discovers a formula that can be used to make spiderweb fluid. She then uh, takes the formula and invents two bracelets from which she can fire it, And combining that with her athleticism, she becomes Spider Queen uh, and sets out to war on crime. Well, after she knocks out multiple uh, bank robbers, including the one with the bag, Detective Michael Bell happens on the scene and arrests the criminals and takes the money to the chief of police. However, the chief of police is actually the head of the gang, which Shannon discovers, and he's determined to take the money back and split it with the gang and just rely on it being his word against Obel's, because apparently Obel didn't get a receipt. At any rate, Shannon decides she has to tell Obel what's going on so that he can arrest the chief. And in a really funny sequence, uh, Shannon gets Obel into her apartment and insists on serving him something to drink. And while he's uh, waiting for her to come back, she comes back in as Spider Queen, jumps out the window after telling him about the chief, and then while he's leaning out the window, runs back in, changes back into Shannon, and offers him the tea. But Mike excuses himself and goes off to confront the chief. The chief is captured And uh, that's pretty much the end of the story. In the second story, in a shop, there are kidnapping and shenanigans going on. And the owner of the shop is being tortured as Spider Queen happens upon it. And uh, Michael Bell follows quickly behind and confronts Spider Queen. She knocks him out. And uh, then she realizes the crooks are still there, and uh, she needs to lead the crooks away from Obel lest they find him and kill him. And so she leads them on a merry chase, uh, jumps out of the window, which confuses the villains. And it's really funny because it's like she can hear them up there saying, where is she going? And she's saying, and she's actually saying this, tee hee. 
I love it. A superhero who says tee he. Well, Odell, wake, Odell wakes up and finds the uh, victim gone and asks Shannon for help uh, to try and ask some questions because he figures she would not be suspected since she's the little fluffy type. Uh, and th- this is his words, not mine. And no one would suspect anything. She uh, goes and gets information by swinging in and confronting the criminals and threatening them with providing the information or else, which is one of the worst things you can threaten someone with during the golden age. Uh, it turns out she is able to get information to Mike. Mike has, uh, rescues the victim, but he has trouble getting away. Spider Queen, uh, gets a boat for them, but it turns out that the boat's motor's not working. However, she's able to use her, uh, spider web to subdue all the criminals so that Mike gets away safely. In the final story, which I think is actually the best one, it's a great opening uh, panel. It does a good job establishing the atmosphere and tone of the story as it introduces this mad killer, the noose. Uh, Mike can't uh, uh, come over to visit with Shannon, even though he, uh, he'd been expected because the noose has escaped. Uh, Spider Queen is actually able to get to the noose and stop him before he kills his first victim using her uh, spider web and wrapping it around his throat uh, and even threatening to strangle him. But she does decide to call the police instead and he ends up escaping from police custody and strangling another woman who he thinks to be Spider Queen but uh, is actually just a woman who lives in the same building as Shannon. And uh, he continues his reign of terror, and he threatens the police to get them off the back, warning them that if they don't uh, cease pursuing them, he'll give them the dreaded or else. Uh, And Spider Queen resolves to catch the noose, and she hunts him down, and they meet in a barn, and they fight. And this is actually a really well done fight scene. I like it because there's actually one portion where they end up going past a uh, old wagon wheel and it's used to frame the panel for the fight. Just a beautiful uh, bit of art there in the middle of this. However, in the middle of the fight, uh, Spider Queen trips on a loose board and the noose is ready to finish off her, but then Mott comes barreling in and saves the day and he and the noose fight. But then the noose actually gets in a position to kill Mike and is holding a pitchfork over him. Apparently, the noose is so mad, he's even willing to compromise his brand in order to commit this killing. However, Spider Queen saves the day by using her webbing to uh, take the pitchfork out of his hands, and that moment allows Mike to recover, get the upper hand, and arrest the villain who has monster-like hands for some reason in his final panel. Overall, the Spider Queen stories are fun. They're not great, but I think they showed potential. Particularly the third story just had some really good art in it. So Spider Queen's an interesting character, and you can find her online at the digitalcomicmuseum.com. 
calm in the pages of the Eagle from Fox Feature Syndicate. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback and I have a comment from David regarding episode 64 and the review of Batman Rules of Engagement. And he writes, thank you, thank you, thank you for the this marvelous gift. After listening to this episode, I went to my local library and borrowed this book. It was an excellent look at Batman's relationships with his various Robins, with Alfred, with Talia, and Catwoman, with Superman, and with the relationships among those folks as well because of Batman. It was an unusual look at Bruce under the cowl. I especially enjoyed the three-page sequence of panels with the alternating between Superman's view of Batman and Batman's view of Superman. If nothing else, those pages should be required reading for anyone who writes a story of Batman and Superman. Finally, by an interesting coincidence, as I started reading the last story from Batman Annual Number 2, I was listening to the recording of the great Sophie Tucker singing Some of These Days, turning the page to Alfred singing the same song as he went about his duties. That is a really neat coincidence, and thanks so much for your email, David. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. All right, that's all for now. If you have a comment, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Please rate the show on iTunes and check us out, classycomicsguy.com. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.